0: Welcome to the of Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Ambler. Today's guest, Jeff Roberts, what is a survival experience segment? This is where you tell your story, your survival. But today's guest, Jeff Roberts, whom I really have a pleasure to talk to, is a survivor. A survivor of drug addiction, alcoholism, hypertension, heart disease. He now makes it his life mission to share hope, and inspiration with people that will listen, anybody listens. Hello, Sherry Patterson, there, Falls. Hello, Bryce, Bridge in North Carolina. He leads, by example, Jeff paid it forward, and he believes to be the change you want to see in the world. Jeff is a survivor, a fighter, and most of all, a warrior, which I believe anybody fighting a stroke survivor really knows what the word warrior means. So let me uh my introduction for a big man show. Oh. I hope you guys enjoy. You guys, I really am. I'm happy to meet you. Here you go. The Stroke of Genius podcast, hosted by brain aneurysm and stroke survivor Aaron Avila, sharing the experiences of survivors and CEOs. This is your destination for inspiration.
1: Hey, bro, good morning, bro. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on your show. Uh, really?
0: Thank you so much for being here. I, I you know it's been great talking to you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. But you, I really wanted to just jump on into it. Because me, you know, when you say, when you use the word warrior, everybody can relate to that. that has been through stroke and now
1: survives.
0: It doesn't mean... The people become that, but they know what it's like to, to fight.
1: Yeah, exactly. We all fight for something.
0: So tell me, tell first, introduce yourself to
1: people. Well, hi everybody. I'm Jeff Roberts, a warrior, a fighter, a winner, a thriver, thriving today. I love it.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, it's amazing. Why? Well, I think, you know, I think it's me because I want people to hear your story because it's it's not just about stroke. There's a time on our podcast. I'm trying to keep around 30 minutes. I told you in the green room, if it goes to 45, hey, great, we're for it. All
1: so right, that's right.
0: We're, we're not good. But describe your pre-stroke life, what it's about. Uh.
1: My pre-stroke life was uh, tumultuous, let's just say. I put the fun in dysfunction. So coming out of childhood sexual abuse, which we won't talk about today, and, you know, domestic violence growing up, emotional, physical, mental abuse all the way around. I joined the Marines when I was 17 to run from that abuse, but, you know, to no avail, basically. I, uh, I got kicked out after two years for smoking weed. But in the interim of that, I was dancing with a girl at a nightclub. She had a heart attack and died in my arms. Okay. So that being said, that catapults me forward of getting kicked out of the Marines and living with that shame and that guilt and that, you know, just the crushing weight of everything coming down, catapulting me, catapults me like this into my next toxic relationship, which which basically entailed, you know, yeah, let's keep it simple, it was, you know, like twenty-three years of mental hell based on a lot of drug use and some crazy sex. <laughs> That's it, Eight. it is what it is. I mean it is
0: what it is.
1: As is part of my truth. So in in running around and living the life of a drug addict, hooked on meth, smoking that daily at a competition level. Like, just blow your mind. Uh, I lost my daughter to social services, got her back, fought to get her back, got her back in my life when she was 10 years old. Um, Been homeless many times, many times, more than once. I would break into houses to just to sleep, to find a place to sleep, all while going to work every day. So I guess you would try to call myself a functional kind of addict in that sort of sense. If there is such a thing, if there is such a thing. So all that led to uh, internalizing all this stress, all this trauma, all this drama, which manifested, it came out in different ways throughout my body. And yet there was no, no red flags going off at any given time. You know, I couldn't see like my life was spiraling, spiraling out of control. I could, you know, I, I have a it caused a vascular necrosis in my hips. Both my hip bones are collapsed and dead. Uh, my hands, the putrens contracture. These guys, wherever they are. Like I can't put gloves on my, I can't put my hands in my pockets. I can't you know what, let me let me rephrase that. I, I try to take the word can't out of all everything I say. I, I try to eradicate that word from, from my my dictionary because it, it's just a negative word all the way around to say that you can't do something is uh this is bad <laughs> so so that all led to um my stroke eventually you know just spaghettios and budweiser i'd have to say mm-hmm. methamphetamine. Uh, poor choices poor living poor diet self-hatred depression Oppression. Uh, just not just unhealthy living all the way around. In the meantime, beating my body up severely doing hard labor, all doing construction, framing houses, doing concrete, remodeling houses, uh, stripping roofs. I ran a tear off crew for six years, stripping roofs. Uh, that all takes its toll on your body. When, you know. But of course, with, I had still had a marine mindset. Like never give up, never quit, never, never surrender. And yeah. So after my stroke, which I had in my sleep, by the way, uh, yeah. Yeah. My, I had an ischemic stroke on good Friday of 2017. I woke up in the morning. I was pissed off. I couldn't figure it out. My lip wasn't working. I couldn't talk. My arm was dragging still, still was in denial. I went to work that day, breaking concrete with a draggy arm and a draggy lip. Felt mm-hmm. like I was tripping on acid. I've done a shit ton of psychedelics in case that's not obvious. Like, <laughs> um, and I went home that night. I drank a couple beers, uh off ice, probably ate another can of SpaghettiOs and some crackers. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Went to sleep Woke up the next morning and my whole right side was pretty much paralyzed when I got up in the morning and well, I wish I could tell you that that changed my life, but that stroke didn't change my life. Nothing changed. I I was in denial. I didn't realize that I had gotten a second chance or a second lease on life. I just looked at it like another day. So fighting through, the physical therapy which i couldn't afford because of course i was a full-time drug addict so i couldn't afford anything but drugs and and alcohol still trying to work you know i i just i just always chalked it up to uh, you do what you have to do to make it through to make it through so but I got. You
0: I got then what did you know a stroke was before i had one
1: Um, I do know what a, I did know what a stroke was because my grandmother actually had a stroke when she was 20 and her left side was paralyzed. So growing up, you know, she, she tromped around the desert and lived a nice full life and she didn't let her slow, she didn't let it slow her down. But I was in the mindset that this didn't happen to me, you know, my cerebrovascular accident. Yeah, no, that's what they choose to call it. So because I had waited, so, you know, in reality, I thought I was just coming down off meth because I had been on a good run. I ran out of, I ran out of dope and for all, you know, intensive purposes coming down and having a stroke kind of feel the same. When you come down, they kind of feel almost exactly the same. You know, that euphoria, that, that, that disconnectedness with yourself, Uh, The exhaustion, the, you know, for me anyway, this is my, you know, this is my story. So for me, that all felt the same. So when I woke up and finally went to the hospital and I couldn't sign my name they get in, they put me immediately in, you know, in the, in the stroke unit, you know, called code stroke, put me in a wheelchair and moved me around and, Nothing changed. My life didn't change. At all. Really? Really. And the only difference is is I had a stroke. And now I'm even more fucked up than I was before, pretty much.
0: Oh my God. So I'm curious how much time went by? Because I think you remember telling me that you brushed it off basically. Like you said, you you thought you were coming down from meth. But how many days went by from the time you had the stroke to the it time at the hospital?
1: Uh You know what? It seemed like a lot longer, but now in retrospect, it was about thirty-six hours, maybe or thirty-eight hours. Uh, yeah,
0: that is I mean, the thing about is face being arm weakness. Uh, my, my, my speech is and then time. And bro, if you're not there in time, you are so fortunate. You're as able as you are physically.
1: Right, the God. Well, you know, God put His hands on me, and I and I had no idea, and I refused to believe it. I, I just refused. I, I couldn't accept it. I couldn't believe it. I was still trapped in being a codependent taking care of, you know, a toxic relationship, trying to nurture that. Uh you know, that's a whole 3 hours in and of itself if you want to get through <laughs> it. Right. But, you know, we don't have that kind of time. So as time goes on, now my hips are collapsing more and more. I'm awaiting I'm awaiting hip transplants. My heart my blood pressure is too high. The pandemic hits. I can't get my hip transplants because now I'm shortly after I started recovering from the stroke, I went homeless or boondocking. I lived in an RV if that's how for for like four years, almost in city parks, city streets in LA. Um, so I was working for gas money, drugs, and basically food. It costs a lot to live on the street. And yeah, I just didn't even realize that. It was just part of my story you know i mean i didn't Are
0: i didn't bro, that you live like this after your stroke
1: yes yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> i was i have a smaller deficit well but i'm curious too, did you do math after your stroke
1: oh yeah definitely. oh my god in fact, a couple times um well I was a little depressed and they put me on antidepressants. Okay. And that made me worse. I mean, I, I never wanted to commit suicide until until I got on the Lexapro or whatever the doctor just they automatically threw at me and said, You have to take this because you're depressed. And turns out I wasn't depressed. It, or if I was, it was purely uh situational. <laughs> so so Yeah, so, yeah, I smoked meth, and you know, and still drank. Drank a lot, like a fish, like a lot.
0: After you've had your stroke?
1: After my stroke.
0: Oh, my God. You're lucky. You're you're fortunate. You're not drooling, babbling. Oh,
1: I'm a walking, talking miracle, let me tell you. So, you know, but my catapult, so this is all after my stroke. I still had to learn how to use my hands again. I still suffer from neurofatigue. Highly. I can't walk. Right. I mean, I limp like a pimp all over the place. Uh, I still have foot drag, but, you know, I suffer from incontinence issues pretty bad after my stroke still to this day. And, um you know, there's nothing like going around smelling like piss and shame all day. <laughs> no, that's a good part of it. like so I have to learn to time my my my, you know, my uh, my my bathroom schedules. I, like a little kid. I have to be like a little kid. I, before I go do anything, I have to go pee after I go anything, I have to go pee. I have to, you know, so after my stroke, I was taking all my, all my medications religiously at first, but then when life got in the way and I just started getting depressed again, now this is, I stopped taking all my medication. And, and at one point I was just, praying that I would have a heart attack or, or, or another stroke, just maybe so I could get attention that I wasn't getting. Uh, I didn't love myself. I didn't, I, I mean, I was in a bad way. Let's just put it that way. Uh, that was up until almost just recently almost about six months ago now.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow. Let's take a quick second for a camera, can we? Hold on a second.
1: Fire.
0: It is that the truth still doesn't define you, me but how we respond does. And I think think a lot of stroke survivors don't realize that they are stroke and that is who they are now,
1: you know? Well, self-acceptance, you know, acceptance, radical acceptance, um, me finally realizing that I did get a second, third chance or fourth chance or third, fifth chance. I mean however you really want to look at it. Um I got a lot of chances. So somebody's looking out for me up there. Now my catalyst didn't for change didn't come until September twenty first, when my daughter's mom, my wife, I found her dead of a fentanyl overdose in our R V fentanyl methamphetamine overdose and, and heart failure. Um yeah. <laughs> so, my
0: God, that's a life changer right
1: there. Yeah, that's when I started realizing that we all could live. We could all die in one moment.
0: Oh, was that be post stroke or after
1: stroke? This is after my stroke. Oh, my this is after my stroke. I stopped taking medicine. I wanted to die. I didn't. Well, I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to live. How I was it? Uh, I was praying for another, for something. Something else to take me out. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't want to go on. I really didn't. I had lost all faith in humanity, all faith in myself, all faith in everything. You know, just to, just getting beat down of living life day to day to day and not living and just surviving was just so crippling, you know, and just ah, oh, just oh, you want to give up and roll over?
0: You know, I part. Of- I just I'm, I'm speechless as that was that is so real and so genuine. And that's what people really need to hear out there. The reason built Stroke TV was to give strokes of hope, make it for help upon life and give purpose after after stroke. But that crippling, that self, that wanting to die. There's a lot of strokes of I've out there that just, I'm just floating.
1: No, that's real. That's real talk. And I know I've walked that road. I didn't, you know, I didn't care about my daughter at the time. I didn't care about myself. I didn't care about nothing, but I still got up and did it anyway. I still got up and went through life every day, pushing and pushing and pushing. I mean, it's not all bad. I did find, you know, I, I, I mean, I still found a reason to live, obviously, every day through it. You know, there was, but I just couldn't see, I couldn't, you know, associate that the changes that I needed to make, you know, the changes that were there and, you know, finding my wife dead, uh, you know, there's a lot of connotations with that, but you know, it was kind of like weekend at Bernie's when I started CPR on her and she came up, she had been dead for five hours when I found her, you know, I started CPR on her and I had to close her eyes and her ribs crushed. And I thought, fuck, if she wakes up. She's going to be
0: pissed. <laughs> oh my God.
1: and um yeah so like that just made me realize that we can you know we can all die in one minute but we can all choose to live a million amazing minute moments filled with every emotion that you have you know and just embrace it and that's what started me on a quest i quit doing dope i quit i that's when i quit Maybe like a week after she died. I mean, I could get better or get bitter, and I chose the latter. You know, you, I chose, yeah, what or what? I mean, I, I can no, I no. Let me let me rephrase that. I chose to get better, not bitter. <laughs>
0: no, I think that's true, bro. A lot of of out there, and I hope, I hope it. They they get bitter, not better.
1: Right, and I hope it doesn't take what it took for me to snap out of it and realize that life is golden. You know, when I, when I put the drugs down, when I started dissecting myself, um, really analyzing and tearing apart me and being honest with myself about who I am and where I've been and what I've been through, then that, that's when the door started opening. You know, I started putting faith in a higher power. I started using positive coping mechanisms um, just self-talk and motivation, self-motivation is a choice every day to wake up and be positive. It's a choice. I mean, you have to choose it. You have to want it. I mean, even if you find them opening your eyes is just winning the battle that day. You know, sometimes, sometimes just making it to your urinal is a, is a win. And you have to take that. Sometimes when you don't piss your pants, you know, you got to look at that no. like a good thing. Because I piss my pants all the time.
0: Oh, <laughs> right. oh yeah. I'm just I'm upstruck to her that. Well, let's just say I shouldn't. can't have okay. myself. Say you can hold it. I I mean.
1: <laughs> so so that, that actually launched me. Finding her dead is what was the catalyst for me wanting, needing, and having changed. Now, that was less than six months ago. Let me tell you, I'm not out of the woods yet, but I will tell you this, that life, life is beautiful on the other side. I mean, once I chose to make positive decisions, um, self-love, I can look at myself in the mirror today. I don't know when it happened or why it happened, but I said I love you and I meant it. I looked myself in the eyes and it's the most amazing feeling, that, that freedom that comes with with honesty and integrity and just never giving up, never give up, never surrender, keep looking up, you know? And so now uh, I'm a mentor to other stroke survivors. I've met a lot of great, great people like my friend, Wade Adams, who's a great source of inspiration for me through our groups. He, uh, my friend junior, we started a, a Facebook group and my life's getting really busy in positive ways. And the more I pay it forward, you know, The more it happens, being kind, kind to myself, kind to everybody you come in contact with, smiles, just the smallest gestures will can turn somebody's life around. It's just amazing. The power of language and and self-talk, you know, if you change your language, you change your narrative, you know, and when you change your narrative, it's just amazing things happen. I'm, I'm astounded. Like I look forward to today and tomorrow. I mean, today, today is all really promised. You know, yesterday's gone. You can't take that shit back. It's already done. Like it's happened. It's in the past and leave it there. But today, today is all we have, you know? So when I started to live for the moment and when I started to live for today, just for today, that's when everything came out. I'm not saying don't, plan for tomorrow or don't you know what i'm saying but tomorrow is the today or today is the tomorrow you were worried about yesterday so worrying doesn't do anything and once you give up and have faith that like everything's gonna be okay and everything's gonna work out in your favor no you know it, faith like a mustard seed is what the is what the bible will tell you and a mustard seed is so small and tiny like it only takes like a grain of salt, just like a little bit of faith to hang in there, and that can blossom into a huge tree.
0: And I know that
1: from personal experience. Yeah, that's. I mean, I know. I,
0: these- I, I, I am just. I've got goosebumps, bro. I really, really appreciate how real and genuine you are. I, I mean, that's what makes us us. You know, I really appreciate that. I'm hoping I can tell by the comments that come in. And there are several people that really appreciate your honesty and appreciate your genuineness. But I'm curious to get down to the last part of the show. What would you tell I mean, I a new stroke survivor just had a stroke? What, what, how, What would you tell them? What would you, what would you say to
1: them? I would say to them that, you know, if you have to die to yourself, like just never give up, keep pushing, never give up. Don't let somebody else define who you are or what you do. You know, a lot of stroke survivors have caregivers that tell them um, counterintuitive things. Although they sound good, they're not like you're not doing as good as you should be and or you're not, you're not, you're not, you can't, you're not, you can't, you're not, you, you're not, you know change your language, change your narrative. You know, if you change your language in the way you talk to yourself and other people, you know, be the change that you want to see. If you want to see kindness, be kindness. If you want to friends, be a friend. If you want love, be love. It's such a simple concept that, but it's so hard to grasp. It's really hard to grasp when you're in the throes of depression, anger, um, and everything that comes along with it. You, 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 there's just so many different things. And the change doesn't happen immediately. I mean, in my case, it, it kind of like rolled pretty fast. But, you know, I, I have been wanting change for a long time. So, yeah, just keep looking up. Always keep looking up, you know. there must see
0: there's that is something that Rebecca told me last time, my wife. And I said something. She goes, "Do you realize there's power in your words? You when you speak something, what is negative energy, whether it's about someone else, whether whatever, you're you're speaking it out to the universe. You are, and yeah, and if, and you have to be careful with that. So choose your words wisely.
1: Yes, the power of words." I, they say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. That's just, that's what my grandma used to tell me. And you know what? Words hurt. Words can build up kingdoms and tear, destroy relationships. They can, they can build lives. Words are very powerful, especially when you are careful at what you say to it, to yourself, you know, self acceptance. It's gotta be acceptance. Uh, truth honesty yes your life has changed yes you're not the person you were yes now you're a shell of this person that you thought you were but when you let go of who you thought you were and embrace who you really are and realize that you're perfect just the way you are right now just for whatever reason you have to go through whatever it is man there's so much power in that
0: so much yeah, you know it's kind of cool, cause Eric. Um, his nickname is Chango but he isn't in the down south of me about two or three hours. But look what he says. I don't know if you can see that. It starts with us first. We need to love
1: ourselves.
0: Yes. You mentioned earlier. I mean, you know, don't you agree with that?
1: Yeah. Change comes from the inside, from the inside out. You know, and when when you start changing on the inside, your life starts changing how, however you want to look at it. Now, that can be positive or negative, because if you talk negative to yourself, your life's going to be negative. Yeah, there's just no way around it. But you have to accept. I mean, you don't have to accept. But if you choose to accept. If you choose to accept your differences, if you choose to accept who you are today and you choose. It, you know, life life gets great on the other side, I'm telling you. And it has nothing to do with your physical limitations or what your body can or can't do, whether you have, you know, bullseye paralysis and aphasia and you can't talk that. That's not that's not where your freedom is. You know, the freedom is here. It's stuck in here between, you know, you have to live here. You have to live in your brain all the time. Might as well make it comfortable. (laughs) I mean,
0: so true. I mean. The, I, that's kind of what I saw when I first started men movement, that all the groups, all the social they were, they kind of, they, they polished up the outside. But the yeah. inside, the thoughts, the battle, the real battle isn't getting more work.
1: It's a battle in my mind. Well, you can polish turds all day, but they're still going to be a fucking turd. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's
0: right. I love it, bro. Well, hey, we're down to the end of the show. I hope when you'll come on again and we'll talk again. We'll have another show a
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate being here, bro. Thank you very much. No,
1: I, I really enjoyed it, and, and and it was a great thing. It's a great thing you're doing, too. Well, I'm thanks. a supporter of you. Thank and you. Me. You're killing it. All right.
0: Well, thank you, pal. And uh, for anybody out there, if you've enjoyed Jeff, you can reach out to me on Facebook. Tell me it's Jeff Roberts, but I think you got me in the name in your face. Yeah,
1: it's it's Jeff Angry Mangry Roberts.
0: See one time or so.
1: Angry Jeff Angry Mangry Roberts. I'm not really that angry anymore, but it's a. You know, this is how it goes.
0: All right, well, I'll put his link to his profile in the YouTube video description. But, Jeff, I know there are so many people like relate to you and relate to being real. So I
1: appreciate that,
0: bro. Have a great day. I really appreciate being here.
1: You too, man. That's all I can be. It's all we can be is real. All right, bye. Bye.
0: I give